Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gap Year podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer. I am your host and Gap Year expert. Today, we have a world-famous author with us today. Uh, Alana Kilmartin is joining us. She brings such a um, kindred spirit version of what life is really all about. And just her book is so much in alignment with the world of gap years and this world of self-exploration and really jumping into the experiential learning world and how much that can mean for us and how that can shape our life. So we're going to have a really, really awesome conversation. So um, Alana, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. No, thank you so much for having me. We had a brief chat beforehand and I think we're both excited to see what comes out. Amazing. All right. So why don't you give us a little bit about who you are, what you stand for, tell us about your book, um, and then we'll then we'll jump into some of the meaty stuff that that you and I just love to chat about. And it's fantastic. Sounds good. So I have just released a book called Unserious Careers. So maybe we'll start from that and work backwards. But basically I am crazily passionate about how our careers can shape our lives and what from my from my own experience of going through the schooling system and then into university and beyond what I really realized is um, at school we're kind of told a whole bunch of things about work what work is going to be like but then when you get out into the real world you realize that so much of that information was either outdated or it wasn't individualized to your situation because schools are obviously un sometimes underfunded and there just isn't this kind of uh, real emphasis placed on really great career education so through that kind of struggling through that process, going from wanting to be a doctor to having no idea what I wanted to do, um, I recognized that there was a real lack of what do I do? What are the first things I actually do when I finish school? So it's all well and good to kind of sit at school and be like, in 10 years time, I want to do this thing. I want to choose this one career path. And then that's kind of going to, going to be me forever. But what do you actually do then if you get out of school? What are those first steps that you take? And if you're starting to have doubts about maybe some of those decisions that you did make at school, what do you do? What's What are the first steps that you take? And what I really wanted to do was uh, create a resource with this book so that a young person can be about to leave school or have just finished school can read this and go, here are some really great action steps I can take in the first five years of my career. And the book really centers around just the first five years because I think everything beyond that is so up in the air that it's not even funny. But I think when you're young, you don't realize that. You kind of have the stars in your eyes that I'll pick the, I'll get it right the first time and then I won't need to worry about a career decision since. And so one of my actions in the book is actually take a gap year because I believe that gap years are the foundation to every career. They should be. And um, it's a bit bold, but I think they should be compulsory. I just am such a, a massive advocate for them. You don't have and to convince me. <laughs> I know. I'm, on the, I'm, in the, I'm in great company, right? Um I love gap years so much that I'm actually on a, a kind of a, I'd say it's my second proper one, but it's probably a th my third one and I'm now 30. So that's how much I love them. I just believe they're such a beautiful, uh, just a beautiful opportunity to explore the world a little bit more and learn about more, more about yourself and what you want. So yeah, I guess that's kind of uh, overarching what I do with unserious careers, but I've had a very varied career and have, because I've been quite lost, to be honest with you, a lot of the way. And really uh, letting go of maybe other people's expectations of what they thought I was going to do. I was quite academically gifted, wanted to be a doctor to then, no, I want to design my life around what I enjoy, have the flexibility to be able to change when I want to change, but still have career progression within that. So 
yeah, it's kind of the unserious careers is a very much a passion project and it's kind of a longer term vision. And I have some ideas about what I want to take that to. Um, but I just believe that if a young person in those first five years can really sink their teeth into their career and not worry too much about finding the one job, um, it just makes the world of difference for someone in their 20s when it can be such a confusing time. Yeah, I love a, a couple things that you said there, but I want to talk about the title of the book first and foremost, because those are two words, unserious and career, like they seem like through our traditional teaching, those things don't go together. Like when mm. it's time to get your career, you like buckle down, you you do your schooling, you find the right employer with the biggest salary and you just like plug away and like, there's no room for fun. It's something that you do to check the box, to pay the bills, to make the money, to get ahead, that rat race, that kind of moving yourself forward. So can you, you talk a little bit about how those words came together and why that makes sense? for you yeah so I think it really um it really started so just for I probably should give it some more context but basically when I I grew up in Australia and when I finished school I took a gap year and I traveled around the world so I traveled for about three months in North America and Europe and then I lived in au pair with a family so through that kind of process um the reason the the lead into that gap year was a boy broke up with me and I was like heartbroken, which sounds so ridiculous, but like the career counselor isn't talking to you about how this breakup might impact you. And so I really took that gap year to escape and just to go and be away from all the reminders of that relationship, which I know sounds so tragic, but at the time it was like the center of my world. I didn't care about my career as much as I cared about getting over this guy. And I think that kind of just paved the way for... I'd got so serious about my career and felt like I had to become this amazing, insert the blank, something that people admired, something that people looked up to. It made a lot of money, that kind of thing. And it just felt like I was constantly chasing that thing. And it felt so heavy. It felt like it was a weight I just couldn't get off my shoulders. This kind of like, you can go and have your fun on your gap year. You can go and have fun and do these random trips, these random travels. But one day you're going to have to decide on that career and you're going to have to get serious about it. And when uh, my partner and I moved to New Zealand uh, about five years ago, and we moved to New Zealand for the lifestyle because of the mountains there. I grew up in a very flat part of Australia. And we just went, we'd visited there on holidays and people loved living there for the lifestyle. They loved that on the weekends they could go skiing, they could go mountain biking, they could go out on the lake. It was this, it was something I just hadn't been exposed to before. And I think through that process of moving to New Zealand, we realized that you don't have to take your career so seriously because if you're taking it so seriously to such an extent that it ruins your enjoyment of your life and that you're not able to have fun, you're not able to switch off, then kind of what's the point? Because as you say, you are working to pay the bills, but you're also working for your life. You're working for your experience of life. And I'd taken a job when I moved to New Zealand and it was as a travel agent because I was really passionate about travel and I knew I was good at sales. And that was something that you didn't need a qualification for. Uh, people would have thought I was crazy that I went to school with if I told them I went and became a travel agent. But what ended up happening is I totally thrived in the environment because I cared about the job. And it was an amazing experience and I did really well. Um, I did really well within the company in my first year in particular. But of course, it became so serious all of a sudden because I'd kind of set the bar for myself. And then if I didn't keep meeting that bar with sales, it was kind of seemed like I was almost failing within the company. And it got to the point where I wasn't enjoying the lifestyle even in New Zealand anymore. 
And that was the reason why we'd moved there in the first place. It's not easy moving to another country. And I kind of had to take a good long, hard look at myself. And there would be days where I'd be crying on the way to work because I'd taken a promotion I probably shouldn't have. And it just truly became too serious. And it just one day popped into my head, this whole like unserious thing. And it was this, it was something that I had been almost a theme throughout my twenties, but I'd never realized that's what it was. And it was this kind of like, I get a bit serious and then I get a bit scared and I'd be like, okay, I'll go and do something unserious. I'll go and have some fun. I'll go and move to New Zealand for snow- to learn how to snowboard. But then I get serious again. And it was like, oh no, because I felt like I had to, I felt like I had to choose that one career. And then eventually I was like, why can't I still have a great, great career? Why can't I still have career progression, but not hold it so tightly that this is the be all and end all of my life? And how can I really prioritize my daily experience of work as opposed to the 10 year time, 10 years time goal or what people around me expect me to kind of go and do? Because if I can't enjoy work like on a daily basis, and yes, there's always going to be crap days, but then that's such a significant chunk of time in my life that I'm not going to be happy. And I just don't think I can compensate that for that for two weeks on a weekend, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think it was just a theme that I kind of played with of, but how can I have both? How can I have a career that I like that I can have career progression in, but still enjoy it and still enjoy the things outside of work that I enjoy. I love that. And and it resonates with me too, because I went to school um, to be a high school science teacher and I got into the classroom and I felt that it was very confining and um, I left teaching and people thought I had lost my mind. It's a stable career. You get the summers off, you get compensated appropriately. And like it was in a lot of people's eyes, kind of the perfect fit for me. And I had to have a lot of courage and I had Mm. to fight a lot of resistance from society, from my family, um, from the people around me that said, no, this is this is a good job for you. Look at all of these benefits. And I said, no, this isn't the right fit for me. Um, And even with the job stability, leaving that to go and test out a whole bunch of other different things to find a better fit for me um was the right move and now I am in alignment more with who I am because I took that risk because Mm. I had the confidence to say no I need to test the waters I I'm not where I should be and like you said that the day-to-day was a grind for me I loved it but it, it wasn't fulfilling in the way that that I wanted to live my life um and so I really respect people that that have the confidence and have the awareness to be able to buck some of those trends and and do it and um and I think to be mindful of where some people might look at this and say well you're in a very privileged spot to be able to not take those those jobs and stick in them um I think people just need to be aware that there are really well paying jobs everywhere Um, Mm. So if you are in a position of financial need, this is this conversation doesn't preclude you, you you can be involved in this too, because um, just because that one thing you went to school for, or that one career that your parents think you should have, um, doesn't necessarily have to be the path, there are lots of paths to success and fulfillment, um, that, that can still be financially accessible to everyone. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. And it's so interesting because I feel I feel like 
kind of at school, obviously, there's a lot of labeling and a lot of putting someone in a box. And one discussion I know that's never really had at school around careers and even beyond in those first few years is what are the practical components of that career you're considering I'm not just talking about what are you getting paid what like where are you working but what is the like say for example use medicine as an example and that would involve if I went and became a doctor it's going to involve night shift that is almost unavoidable in the first 10 years of my career do I want to work night shift no that's not my idea of, of enjoying work but there are so many realities of a job that just I think for the sake of simplicity, you are just making a decision on a couple of things when you're at school and that might, and your grades being probably one of them of what is your like seen as your quote unquote potential, but it's not the actual reality of a job. And I'll give you an example as well as my partner, he studied um, psychology at university and his parents thought he was going to go and become the doctor or do, you know, do something like that around that kind of academic side of things. When we moved to New Zealand, he wanted to work outdoors because he loves working outdoors and he loves to do physical work. It was just his it's his body's like built for it. But he was kind of put into this like label of you have to do the mental work, like you're meant to be in a job where you sit in an office and you tap away and, and all that sort of thing. But he ended up becoming a greenkeeper on a golf course and he did his apprenticeship as a mature age apprenticeship. And he loved it. And it wasn't to say that that was going to be his career forever. And that's what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. But that was something that he enjoyed every single day. And yet he was questioned by his parents and by the people, some other people around him of like, almost like you're better than that. But mm-hmm. who, like, who am I to kind of judge that, that, that he's better than that if he enjoys that far more than he was ever going to enjoy something where he was sitting indoors? And it's not to say that he may not do that in the future, but at that point in time, he wanted to be outdoors. So why would he not follow that? Because his happiness and his health is going to be far better off for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that parents and, and their young people need to have more conversations around this and around expectations. Because at the core, parents want their kids to be happy, healthy, and successful. And when we look at healthy, like that's, that's one component, but happy and successful are very subjective. And Mm. what a parent's version of success is may differ from what the young person's success definition is. And if they are working towards somebody else's version of success, it's going to degrade the happiness and the health of that person. And having open discussions between parent and and child or caregiver and and young person about expectations around what happy, healthy and successful looks like can open so many doors because a lot of the young people that I talk to, they actually make assumptions about what their parents' expectations are. Um, (laughs) Well, my parents will kill me if I'm not a doctor or my parents Mm -hmm. will never, ever let me take a gap year. And then I pull the parents aside and they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And the kids just stand there with their mouths open saying, is that my parents? So having that dialogue is so important and making space for both parties to voice what their definitions are and what their hopes and dreams for the future are because there there is value in 
a parent aspect of it who has life experience that can look at something critically and, and make some suggestions. But that young person, they have to live their life. They have to be the one that is executing and, and functioning day to day in the decisions that they're making. So so that has to hold a lot of weight. And, and having that dialogue around expectations can really clear the air and help to get everybody on the same page because a lot of mental health struggles is when there is incongruence between society's expectations or parental expectations and the young person's hopes and dreams. So getting it all out in the open can be such a cathartic experience and set the whole family up for success realistically. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. And I think that careers aren't made alone um, and there's going to always be ups and downs. And I talk about this in the book with the importance of this kind of time when you do finish school of when you, like, I think when a young person, I know this was true for me, when a young person finishes school, you're kind of a combination of all the influences that you grew up around. And I think it's really key for a young person those first few years to really separate out what's my idea and what I really want versus what's something that was based on the people I grew up around, the environments I grew up around and the experiences that I had. And the sooner that you can do that as a young person, the better. And that's why I sort of talk through some of these actions of like, this is how you can go out and experiment a little bit more and go, oh, I thought this is what I wanted, but actually, no, I only like this certain specific component of this job. That could be, say, working with people. And I think the the tough thing is when you're 18, what do you want? And you can give an answer, but it is probably going to be based on your grades and what you've randomly seen on TV or something like it'll be very like um, very kind of like loose, but you'll be, you'll be trying to convince yourself it's all good. Like that is definitely what I want to do. But I think that there are, I genuinely mean this, that there's probably like 10% of people, young people that truly know what they want to do. And they are those people that will go and do it. And they're that person that's wanted to know they were, they wanted to work with trucks since they were five years old. You know, those people that are just, they just know. And there's, there's, there's no point in trying to persuade them otherwise. But I think for everyone else, you've kind of got to put your, your ideas to the test and you've got to go out there and go, cool. Do I actually want this? Sweet. I like it. I'm enjoying this job. But then keeping in mind that I might change my mind in three years time. And that's where I think parents, I know my parents were so valuable for that of it's not like a there's a there's this this path for a career and you're going to get to the end of it. You've walked through one particular gate and then you'll never need to change things again. Whereas if you have your kind of parents being there as a support and a check in, when you maybe do change your mind in three years time and you want to go down a different direction, you have a standing board, you have people there that are ready to support you. Um, because it's not a linear a linear path. I think very few people have that in their career. Yeah, and I think we we don't do a good job talking about those nonlinear pathways in school. We have these narratives that says first you do A, then you do B, then you do C, then you do D, and then you're rich and famous and whatever. Mm. But really it, it doesn't go that way. It's A, Z, Q, P, X, all over the place until you find something and and even later in life. And I think that we're starting to see parental acceptance of this a little bit more now that parents have had nonlinear careers, but generations previous, even people who were parents 20 years before, not even a full generation, 
they had linear careers. They graduating university meant you got a job. You got a job that you kept for 40 years. You got a pension mm. and you moved on. And that's just not the world we live in today. And I think that everybody needs to update um, their, their understanding of the workforce and what career actually looks like today. And it is much different than it used to. Um, and it, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful opportunity for people who do have lots of interests and who don't know what they want to do right out of the right out of the gate um, to, to experiment and to try mm. things out and make more educated decisions rather than, like you said, picking based on your grades or what somebody said you might be good at. Um, my first question when people come to me, they say, oh, I want to be an engineer. My first question is, what does an engineer do? <laughs> and zero percent of high school students can tell me what an engineer does. Um, mm -hmm. And then the follow up is, well, why do you want to study it? And they will say they make a lot of money. It's prestigious. I'm good at math. Um, and I'll say, do you know how many other professions you could do that using those those criterias. Um, so it's just so interesting to hear you say that as well. And the other thing that I really liked what you said here, we're making a little bit of an echo chamber here, is separating out expectations. Um, and that's one of the first we, activities we do when we engage with our support programming um, is have an activity where they actually sit down and they write, what is what is mine? what comes from society, what comes from my family and getting them to, to piece those out is really eye opening. Um, and it helps to amplify that inner voice that sometimes gets drowned out or we get trained to make it very quiet. Um, and it and it helps to train that voice to become louder so we can listen to it better and follow what our, um, what our bodies, our hearts, our minds are telling us is going to lead us to a life where we are going to be the happiest, healthiest, and most successful. Mm. So I love it. I'd be curious. I'd be curious for your thoughts on this just around. So I think, and this is kind of tying back in directly to gap years, but I think uh, when you're at school, you have a very unique relationship to time because you've kind of lived in the the system of, of school, which has like a, you go to school, term one, term two, term three, term four, you have these holidays, it's all very set. And you go to school at whatever it is, 8.30 in the morning, you have re, you know lunchtime at this time and you finish at the end of the day. And I know that that's been a, ma that was a massive shift for me of like this idea of time of then say taking a gap year where I didn't have that structure of time anymore. If I had to be in certain places at a certain time where I was doing these activities for 10 weeks and then I'd have a break. And I know I've noticed just through some uh, particularly kind of like young 20, uh, kind of like early 20 year olds of this real rushing like a real trying to get ahead and I mean it makes mm -hmm. sense when you look at the context of what's happened in the last few years in particular and probably the generation they've been raised by but a real interesting relationship with time of how can I get to this goal as fast as possible and as much as I think that's a it can be a positive thing it also alarms me a little bit because I think that's something I had to really get used to of like you've got to chill out a bit 
because it's only when you chill out that I think you can really start to get clear on those ideas that are your own and what you actually want. And if you're kind of constantly rushing to get to that job, to decide on that thing, to do all this sort of stuff, I think you actually miss out on the beauty of the first even 10 years after school when there are so many opportunities outside of your career to grow as a person, to have fun, to learn about the world. And to me, that's been the stuff that's been most beneficial to my career as opposed to what I've specifically done in my career, if that makes sense. Because it's made me so much clearer on the kind of life that I want. Whereas I think you can you can do a lot of that in jobs, but I just don't think it compares to like, what are you, what are you filling that time with outside of work? Yeah, I I love I love that we we when we look at this rushing and this rat race and this kind of like American dream, the harder you go, the more you work, the faster you get there, the more successful, happy, whatever you're going to be. Um, and same with you that that it's a scary place. And I always will will ask people, what are you rushing towards? Like, what, what are you, what are you trying to get to? Why do you need to go fast to get there? And they yeah. often don't have an answer for that because is it to get a job so you can have a nine to five? Is it to get a paycheck? Is it to get to retirement like 40, 50 years from now? Um, there, there's just this yearning to check the boxes as fast as I can um but but without actually being able to articulate why mm. um and and I think that that is this hive mind the kind of following the lemmings everybody's doing it we are competing against each other we're competing against ourselves we're competing for less spaces, less jobs. There's a, a sense of urgency there. Um, and progressing grade to grade to grade to grade leaves a lot of students with the notion that I need to continue taking mm. one step forward every year. Every September, I need to take a step forward. I need to take a step forward. And I need to be on this predetermined step forward because I've never been given the opportunity to make decisions for myself. I've, I've just followed somebody else's path. And I think that's the the gift that we can give people by encouraging them to take gap years or to experiment with their careers is that opportunity opportunity to learn how to think for yourself, the opportunity mm. to feel that you have a sense of agency in your life, that nothing is predetermined. You are not the victim of circumstance. You are not the victim of the education system, that you have power to make decisions that are going to be in your favor um, to live the life that you want to lead. And I, I don't think that message is coming across through curriculum. Um, I don't think it's coming across through um, a lot of like family value systems. Um, and I think that's a really missing piece about what it is to be human is, is having that control over your life and, and the agency and the ability to determine your next steps. Mm, it's a bit of like a like almost like a franticness like of a oh no if I don't do this I'll miss out and sometimes mm -hmm. I think and this is just me completely like trying to create a theory around this but I think if you look at probably the parents as well uh the busyness the rushing mm -hmm. the not having enough time I think with a backdrop of that for a young person 
you're naturally just picking that up of like, I've got to be busy even. I've got to be, you know, if I'm sitting down, that's not a productive use of my time. So I think it's like this whole like combination of things. But the I think this is one of the most ironic things about gap years is it's actually one of the things that I think could get you furthest in your career and get you ahead faster is taking a gap year. But I don't know if people really appreciate that or the reason why that is so. And I think that for a, from a career perspective, we kind of think too much about what someone else is going to think of us in our career of mm-hmm. like what um, promotion, what opportunity are we going to get that somebody else is going to give me. But the funny thing is about careers is it's actually about getting clearer on what you want and where you thrive. They're kind of two things that I think are really important. And if you're talking about wanting to get ahead, the sooner you truly get clear on those things is actually when you can start accelerating your career and have that progression. Because if you're constantly looking for how can I get ahead as in how can I get that next promotion? How can someone else give that to me? Chances are you're trying to get ahead of a career that you may not even want, which means then if you in 10 years time get to a point where you're like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I don't want to do it. Guess what you're going to feel like? You're going to feel like you're back at square one. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel like for all that progress I've made, I've now got to start again. And you do never start again in your career. You can always take everything you've done with you. But I think that that's something that we don't really come back to with careers of it's not about someone else. It's not about the external, the validation of the jobs that you're getting. It's actually around how aligned do you feel with your career? That to me is true progress in, in a career. I love that. That gives me all like the warm fuzzies um, and the tingles. And and that's what I want people to be striving for um, in in such a fast paced, busy world where busyness is this badge of honor. Um, And we Mm. miss out on being human. We miss out on relationships. We miss out on joy. We miss out on fun. We miss out on nature. We miss out on so many pieces that are truly good for our bodies minds and souls um for for the sake of busyness and um kind of moving through the rat race which i think is just yeah. so so fascinating so then what would be some of the tips that you would give for somebody considering a gap year or somebody engaging in a gap year what what are your words of wisdom having done all of this research for the book and all of the experience that you've had taking your personal gap years what are those little nuggets of gold of wisdom that you would share Yeah. So for me, I'll use my experience with my first gap year. So I remember, I can still remember kind of the, around the time when I really decided to do it. And it wasn't even necessarily that I decided to take a gap year. It was just that I had an idea and it was like, I had a real connection to that idea. And the idea was that I wanted to study, I wanted to learn how to fluently speak Italian because I'd studied Italian at school and I was terrible at it. Like my accent was horrendous. I could not roll my R's. It was just, it was a train wreck, honestly, studying it at school. But it kind of started with the, how cool would it be to live in Italy and learn how to speak Italian by living there? And everything else kind of almost fell into place around that. I didn't even necessarily have the desire to go and travel and see other places. I just had this real deep connection with this idea of living in Italy. And so I think for a young person, there's kind of two, almost two approaches to take with gap years where it's the, I know I need to take a break or I know I want to take a gap year. How do I fill it? 
oh, there's the there's something I'd really like to do. How cool would that be to do? Now, how can I kind of create a gap year around that, if that makes sense? So it's kind mm-hmm. of like almost like a just either either inside out or outside in. And I think that a lot of people struggle with the, but I don't know what I do in my gap year. And that's like totally na- like totally natural, right? But either way, this is like a container of time that you can fill however you want. There is no right or, way, or wrong way to do it. And I think for a young person, if there is just something that you go, that you can just attach a bit of meaning to of this would be cool to do. And that could be as basic as I would love to be able to save money because I'm going to be moving away for university and I want to know that I can go to the pub with my mates and drink beers on a Thursday night. Do you know what I mean? And you, you've, you've got the money to do that. And so I think there has to be some sort of almost like an emotional connection with something in a gap year to really bring it to life. And if you can start with that, you can just keep adding to it and it's like a snowball and then it starts happening. But really it does all start with that one decision. So whether it is, I'd love to go and live in Italy, I'm going to take a gap year or I'm going to take a gap year. Now, how do I want to fill it? But you've got to kind of start somewhere. Otherwise it feels far too overwhelming. And I think once you kind of make that first decision, it can be helpful sometimes to get your parents involved, but not before you're like, good about it because otherwise if you are if your parents aren't really pro gap year guess what's going to happen and if you're not sure you're 50 percent sure you're probably going to con- get convinced not to do it so i think it really starts for the individual to go is this something that's on my heart is this something i'd really love to do and then there are so many resources out resources out there especially with what you're doing to then bring that to life but i think unless you have some sort of like an emotional connection to why this would be good um, it can kind of easily fall apart, those plans almost. So I know that's very basic, but I think if you can start with something like that, it just means that you're going into that year with intention and you're, go- you're guaranteed of getting something out, it, out of it. I love it. Yeah, we. I always say there's a difference between taking a year off and taking a gap year. They're, mm. they're two different things. Taking a year off is just kind of floundering, not having a plan. A gap year is saying, no, I'm going to be intentional and purposeful about this time and I'm going to put some thought into it and my plan is going to change a thousand times and that's okay but I'm going in with some goals I'm going in with intention and I'm going to find the opportunities that are going to move me forward in my life whether that is um, financially forward whether that is recouping mental health whether that is seeing the world whether that is learning a language or a musical instrument whatever those personal goals or finding career clarity all of those things are well worth the time uh, that you're going to spend on your on your year to figure more about yourself um, and the world than you ever would in a, a two week vacation here or there or in between uh, summer jobs. Um, there's just so, so much in the world that that we can get out there and explore. And I think that um people always think of the big things on their gap year. I'm going to do this major travel experience. I'm going to learn this incredibly complex thing. But gap years are made up of the large and the small that on my gap year, I'm going to discover the best croissant recipe in the world. Um, I'm going to meet five interesting people. I'm going to watch these documentaries on this particular thing that interests me. I'm going to knock off these books on my on my reading list uh, because there's so many ways that we learn about the world and, and experience the world and I think it, it's made up of large and small opportunities. 
Um, but speaking of reading lists, I think we're going to add your book to our gap year reading list because it is spot on with what people should be thinking about on their gap time. So where might somebody get a copy of this book? So at the moment, best place is to go to my website, which is just unseriouscareers.com. Um, I will eventually be adding it to, to Amazon and all that kind of, that kind of fun stuff, but I've just for, yeah, for the time being kind of wanted to get it out there. And yeah, best place to do it and enjoy it. Awesome. Well, I will link to that directly in the show notes. So anybody that's listening, you can just click right on that um, and check out Alana's book, Unserious Careers. Um, we are kindred spirits, and I'm sure we will have you back on the podcast sometime soon to uh, continue this conversation. But I think we could talk for more than people want to listen to us. So <laughs> let's wrap it up. Um, such a pleasure to have you on the show today. 